Some of you understand my Christmas has kind of been that way with some of this stuff. This week our pre-lit Christmas tree was not so pre-lit. It's only about 20% pre-lit. And last year we started taking lights off and this year we're taking more lights off. And so thanks to Facebook, I got this wisdom to go out and buy this thing called the Light Repair or Keeper Plus. And it's supposed to fix all your lights. It didn't work either. And so uh, we just decided to throw them all away and just buy new every year or something because you got to understand the stress. Maybe it's the next Christmas party, the next event, the gift that you're buying, whatever is going on. It's one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing. And instead of Christmas being this season of peace and, and joy, many times it becomes a season of stress and being overwhelmed. And sometimes it just takes what you're already walking through in life and it just elevates it. Because chances are you might be walking through some kind of challenge in life right now and you're like, I just want some peace. And then you hit into the holiday season and typically the holiday season doesn't lower the stress. It usually brings it to another level. See, whether you're a national leader sitting across the table from other world leaders or you're a businessman or a businesswoman facing the pressures and the deadline at the office or you're a homemaker who's trying to corral the kids or a student just trying to make it through the semester... Everyone desires some peace. And I imagine if we went and did a little survey one by one by one by one, and we asked, what is the thing that is stressing you out? You say, I'd love to have some peace in this area. Here's my stress. See, if most of us are honest with ourselves, we must admit there's probably more stress in our lives than there is actual peace in our life. See, wouldn't you agree that there is nothing that people talk more about and experience less than peace. We talk about how I'm stressed, how I'm overwhelmed, how I'm tired, how I'm worn out, how I'm filling a blank. But the opposite of that is a desire to have some peace. Our day is like Jeremiah's when the people would cry out, peace, peace, when there is no peace. See, Americans live in comfortable homes, but domestic violence is at an all-time high. We lack peace. Our cities are the most modern in the world, yet our streets are very unsafe. Our communication technology is unsurpassed, but there's never been more of a time of misunderstanding in communicating. Where can we go for peace? See, where on this earth can we discover a lasting, fulfilling peace? For many, the destination of finding this peace may seem preposterous. The place of peace is actually in a person of peace. The only lasting source of peace is God Himself. God came to us in a baby, Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. That's where we will find peace. And so today, let me talk about two avenues of peace with you. The first avenue of peace where we go to find it, the Bible talks about two different kinds of two avenues. One is a spiritual peace that is a, a peace with God. You will not have peace in your life until you have Peace with God. There's no other way for me to say it. Until you have peace with God, you're not going to experience peace. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And until you understand and experience what that means, you're going to struggle with having peace. That's the foundation. That's the bottom line. We must have peace with God before we can experience any other kind of peace. There's a man who visited a doctor for an examination, the physician asked, now what seems to be the trouble? 
And the patient answered, Doc, I've got troubles everywhere I look. I've got troubles in my business, troubles at home, troubles everywhere, and I'm just plain run down. When the examination was finished, the physician said to the patient, you're not just run down, you're just the opposite. You're wound up. And the man responded, well, Doc, give me something to slow me down then. He said, what do you want? Asked the doctor. Give me a tranquilizer or something. Very well, responded the doctor as he sat down and he began to write out a prescription. The man took the prescription, stuck it in his pocket without looking at it. He rushed off to the neighborhood drugstore to get the prescription filled. The pharmacist looked at the prescription and said to the man, I'm sorry, but I can't fill that prescription. What do you mean you can't fill the prescription, retorted the man. This is a drugstore, isn't it? You're a pharmacist, aren't you? That's a doctor's prescription, so why can't you fill it? The pharmacist answered, I'm sorry, sir, but we don't stock this in our store. If you want this prescription filled, go home and get your Bible. The man looked at the prescription for the first time and it read, take three doses of Romans 5.1 every day. He went home, looked at the verse in the Bible, and it read, therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Immediately the man called the doctor and asked, what do you mean by this prescription? The physician answered, your trouble is spiritual, not physical. What you need is peace. I can't give it to you. The farmers can't give it to you. Only God only God can give you peace. See, the fact remains, before you experience personal peace, you must receive the Prince of Peace. And I cannot go through Christmas season as a preacher and not ask you and talk about, do you know the Prince of Peace as your Lord and Savior? See, we can go through all this season of Christmas and shopping and holidays and gift giving and all that's going to waste away and it's useless and meaningless if you do not know the Prince of Peace as your Lord and Savior. So how do I do that? It's pretty simple. Scripture tells us we need to admit to God that we're a sinner. We need to own our sin. God, I admit I'm a sinner. We need to believe that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came and died for our sins, and we need to accept that forgiveness. We confess our faith in Christ as Lord and Savior, repent and say, I don't want to live by my ways, I want to live by God's ways, and then we're baptized according to what the Scripture teaches do to receive that free gift of salvation. We admit, we believe, we confess, we repent, we're baptized. My question for you today is, have you opened that package in your life? Have you opened that package? Why not do that? You say, well, how do I do that? Well, we're, we're ready. We could have a baptism service today if you're ready. You can use your connection card. You can write on the back of that. I need to know more about what this means to be with Jesus. Tomorrow we have membership class. In our membership class, we will talk specifically about this more in depth because sometimes it takes some people having a few conversations to understand what God wants, but why put that off? That's a gift you could unwrap and you could open this Christmas season and say, in 2016, I received the greatest gift ever. I found peace with God. And that's available to every single one of us. And then beyond you thinking about that, have you thought about your coworkers? Have you thought about your friends? Have you thought about your neighbors? Have you thought about your family? See, you're going to take some fun, some funny gifts, and, and and like you might do what we're going to do tonight with our growth group, and do a white gift elephant, white elephant exchange. You might take something real serious. But what about when you're giving the gift to say, I got to give you this gift, and this is going to be fun. And I thought about you, and I put all my heart into it, but really all my heart is about Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Don't ask them what church they go to. 
There's a lot of people who claim they go to church, they don't know Jesus. We have opportunities throughout this Christmas season as you're giving gifts, the best gift you could give is introduce somebody to Jesus Christ so they discover the peace of God. Where do I go for peace? Spiritual peace is you've got to get right with God. Emotional peace is the peace of God. See, we must have peace with God before we can experience the peace of God, which is kind of known as emotional peace. This is what most people think of when they think of the, the word peace, an eternal sense or, or a well-being and an order. The Scripture says since God is not a God of disorder but a God of peace. And so we desire to have some peace within our lives. Everyone knows the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone who knows the Lord Jesus Christ is going to go through problems. You, you might be walking through some problems right now, and, and we face death, and we face broken hearts, and we can still have the peace of God in the midst of that. When your spouse dies, when someone receives the bad medical news, when your children get sick, when you, when you lose a job, you can have peace that, that not even you sometimes can understand. When you walk alongside with somebody who's going through difficulties, and you're like, how are you walking through peace? And sometimes the only thing they can say is, I'm not sure, but God's doing it. You can have that kind of peace. This is the peace that is not the absence of conflict, because we're going to have conflict and trials, but an ability to cope with the conflicts and the frustrations of life. Even during difficulties, God's peace can be present inside and with you. Remember what you're walking through. A pharmacist was quoted in the newspaper as saying that he could not improve upon the Apostle Paul's prescription for human worry. What Paul say? Paul said these words to the church in Philippi. He said, don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses every thought will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How many times do we fret and we turn looking for peace, but we don't find it? See, God's peace can be in you right now. You can have it right now, right at this moment. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, control your hearts and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ control your hearts. The Greek word translated control or rule is used only in this passage in the Bible. And it means to umpire. It means to umpire. Now, some of you don't know this, but back in my earlier days, I used to umpire and officiate basketball, high school basketball. And our job on the court was to keep peace. We wanted to make sure that Team A from Team B did not end up in fisticuffs. We wanted to make sure that coaches were not going to be fighting each other. And so that's why you blow your whistle and you call a trout or call a foul or, or blow your whistle and give someone a technical because our job was to keep peace on the court so that they could play the game. You know, we're in a game, it's called life. And when you look at this scripture, what it means is that God wants to be the umpire of your life. He wants to be the one who controls your life. He wants to be the one who's directing it. And we need the peace of God. An umpire keeps peace. And so he makes sure the game is played smooth and orderly and in fashion. And God wants to give you an internal umpire who will keep peace even when everything seems chaotic and out of control. Here's our challenge, UK fans. And Michigan fans and whoever else you cheer on. We like to argue with the officials. <clears throat> Even the preacher gets technicals in church league. It's happened before. We like to argue with the officials. We like to tell them they're wrong. We like to yell at the officials. And we do the same thing with God. But God, why this? Why this? Why that? No, let him be the umpire. 
And one thing I've learned in life, whether I like it or not, the umpires are not the one that caused me to lose. They just set the stable for me to be successful, actually. And see, God's desire is not that you lose. God wants you to be successful. And if we quit focusing on umpire why you're doing it wrong and say, umpire, you're in charge. See, peace with God speaks of God's saviorhood. The peace with God speaks of that He's given us Jesus. But the peace of God speaks to His Lordship. That we're letting Him be in charge. That, that we're letting Him drive the car, so to speak. I like the analogy that, that we, are, we like to be in control and, and be behind the wheel. And if you get in a car with Brian Bolton, I'm typically volunteering and saying, I'll drive. Because I want to be in charge. And then we do that with God, where God says, why don't you step over to the passenger seat? I see you laughing, Lane. I see you. <laughs> it's true. You like to drive too, don't you? You want to be in charge. But God wants us to step over to the passenger seat and let God have the wheel. And let God drive our lives. Let God take us where He wants us to go. See, if we truly want to live a life of peace and experience the peace of God continually, we must allow Christ to rule and control in our lives. We've got to let go of control. So how do we do this? How do we maintain this peace? Romans 14, 19 says, So then, we must pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. We must pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. The word pursue is an active word. It is not a word that says, I sit back and do nothing. The word pursue means I go after, that I I make some action steps. The word pursue means that when God says, I've given you Jesus, and Jesus came to this earth and He died on a cross, He was buried in a grave and rose again, He gives you this eternal life. Our pursuit is, I go after and I accept that. I go after and I receive that. That's a pursuit. Or the pursuit is now once I've done that, I go after how do I have peace in my life? How, do am, I, how am I more ready to have peace in my life? And so how do we do that? If we want to have peace, let me first tell you, church, we must, we must pursue and obey God's Word. As simple as it may sound, we need to do just what the Bible says. Psalm 119 says, Abundant peace belongs to those who love your instruction. Nothing makes them stumble. I obey your decrees and I love them greatly. Look what it says. Abundant peace. Does anybody here need some abundant peace today? Do you need abundant peace? It's found in understanding the Word of God and pursuing The Word of God. God says peace comes when we live in harmony with Him and we do what He tells us to do. When we do what He tells us to do. See, in your car, there's probably an owner's manual. I'd say most of your cars. It's maybe in your glove box or maybe underneath the seat in a drawer if you haven't looked for it in a while. And if you open up that owner's manual, God's Word uh, is kind of like that owner's manual. You open up that owner's manual and it tells you what to do with your car. It tells you change your your oil every 3,000 miles. It tells you rotate your tires. It tells you about your belts. It tells you all kinds of, of facts about your car to help your car run more smoothly and to help your car last. God's Word is your owner manual for life. It contains principles for health. It contains principles for finance and marriage and relationships and business and so much more. And if you don't obey the principles as relate to the various areas of your life, then you won't experience peace. So here's the challenge. We understand a car runs more smoothly when you operate according to its design. There's not one car I know that runs perfectly. 
But if you follow the owner's manual, it runs a whole lot more smoothly. The challenge is most of us probably have not read our owner's manual. You ever read the owner's manual of your car? Only when you get in trouble. Oh, yeah, man, that thing is broken. What page is that on? Oh, I don't know. Better take it to a mechanic. You know, we do the same thing with our God's Word. Oh, man, life is falling apart. What does God's Word say about it? I don't know. Oh, man, that... That owner's manual, God's word, where is that at? Is it? Oh yeah, that's an app on my phone somewhere. Can I find it? Which screen is that on? Oh, that, that's stuck in my drawer. Oh, that's sitting on the end table. It looks good, but when's the last time you opened the owner's manual of life? When's the last time you opened it up and said, God, I need you to guide me and direct me. I, if I give you a little bit of piece of advice, it's always better to be in the owner's manual before the emergency happens. You understand what I'm saying? See, when the emergency happens, then you're running scattered brain. But if you get in it ahead of time before the emergency happens, you're much more prepared to walk through the emergency with peace. Maybe a gift you just need to receive this Christmas is something you already have, and that's God's Word. You just need to dive into it and say, God, i got to get back into this. God, i got to spend time just hearing from you. If you want peace, get into God's Word. Obey it. Secondly, you want peace, you must focus on God's presence. So you must realize that God is always with us and we must learn to sense His presence. We're reminded by Isaiah to fix our eyes or our gaze upon God. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace the mind that is dependent on you for it is trusting in you. Is your mind and your heart in perfect peace because you are focusing on the presence and the dependence upon God? See, we have a, we have a choice. We either can focus on our problems or we can focus on God who holds the solution. I'm not sure what maybe you're walking through now or what you may be walking through in the future, but if your eyes are focused on God, He'll bring peace as you walk through this. See, if you look to the world, if you look to the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, I promise you will be depressed. But if you look to Christ, you'll discover rest. You understand what I'm talking about? So you look to the world and, and look at the blogs, and look at the social media world, and look at the television, and look at the newspapers, and you know all that does is causes distress in your life. It overwhelms you. And you also know if you look inside of yourself and go, well, I can figure all this out on my own strength. I'll make sure I get this done. And you look to your problems, what happens is you go into depression. But if you look to Christ, you'll start to discover there is rest. See, it's what you concentrate that determines your level of personal peace. What are you focusing on? Thirdly, you want peace to be part of your life and you want to remain in it. You must trust God's purpose. Even when we don't see how things are working out or we don't understand, we must trust God's purpose. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about Him in all your ways and He will guide you on the right paths. Have you noticed that a lot of things in life just don't make sense? You ever stop and wonder about things and go, it just doesn't make sense, or sometimes it just feels like things are just on fear? Do you feel that a lot of things in life are beyond your control? Why did so-and-so get cancer? Why did so-and-so die? Why did I not get the promotion? Why did I lose the job? Why am I going through this? Why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? We go through all these questions, and some of them are very valid questions, but do you understand that sometimes in these situations, there are not clear answers, and the only thing we can do is trust. The only thing we can do is say, God, I don't understand. God, it's beyond my abilities to understand. But God, you are sovereign. 
You have control over this entire universe, and I just trust that the God who created the universe knows what's going on in my life. And I can trust in that when it tells us in Matthew that he knows the number of hairs in our head and he knows when a sparrow falls to the ground and he knows the food that they need, then he knows what's going on in my life and i got to let go and say, God, I just trust in your purposes. There's really all I can do is let go and say, God, I need to trust you. So we waste a lot of time and energy trying to think, figure things out. God urges us to trust him. People have told me on more than one occasion, that when they finally stopped trying to figure out why God would allow something to happen and started trusting Him, that peace came. It's amazing how that works. When we let go and say, God, it's out of my hands. God, I, I'm, I don't have the control over this. God, you do. And so it's out of my hands and then peace comes. We need to face the fact that not all of life questions are going to be answered in this lifetime. They're just not. And we can try to come up with answers we can look for answers, but some of the answers are just not going to happen in this lifetime. If you want peace, trust God. Lastly, if you want this peace, you need to ask for it. Philippians 4, again, Paul says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition. That's asking with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Notice the order there in the Scripture. First is prayer, and then there's peace. It's not peace and then prayer. It's prayer and then peace. There's a cause and effect relationship here. Prayer is the cause. Peace is the effect. You pray and peace will come. See, if you're not praying, you're likely worrying. And if worry is such a useless emotion, such a waste, worry is actually the opposite of peace. You know, worry and peace do not live in the same house. Worry and peace do not consume the same mind. Worry and peace cannot be in the same mind or in the same heart or in the same home. It's either one or the other. You're either worrying or you're at peace. And Paul says, if you want to kick out worry, then you must be a person of prayer. That's a gift that you can open up and unwrap this Christmas season. God, I'm walking through some junk. And God, I'm tired of worrying and carrying it myself. God, I'm just going to go to you in prayer and start giving it to you. And you might need to be praying about that thing every single day for a while and just keep giving it to God. God, I give you this because most likely when you give it to Him, you tend to take it back. I know that's what I do. God, I want to give you this concern or worry, and then I take it back. And sometimes it takes several times that, God, I give it to you before I really let go. What do you need to ask of God right now? Do you need to ask Him to come into your life so you can experience peace with God? Is, is today the day when you say, you know what, God? I need to admit I'm a sinner. I need to repent. I need to believe. I need to confess. God, I, I just want to ask for that in my life. Does that need to happen today or this week or, or during this month sometime? Do you need to ask Him to take control of your life so you can experience the peace of God? Is it time to say, God, I need to give you control. I need to ask you to take control and name it specifically. God, I ask you to take control of my worry over money. God, I ask you to take control over my worry over this relationship. God, I ask you to take control over the worry of my parenting with my children. God, I ask that you take control. What is it that God wants you to ask for right now? So you're not going to experience true, lasting peace until Jesus Christ is in charge of your life. Peace, remember, it doesn't mean a trouble-free life. It's a sense of calm in the midst of the storms, and storms are going to come. What's robbing you of peace today? Is it guilt? time to turn and seek his forgiveness. Is it worry? Is it job change? Is it finances? Is it a major surgery? A difficult portion? You can talk to Christ about all these things right now, right here today. You can start laying them at the feet of the cross. 
And a God of peace wants to give you peace, and He's here now ready to give you that great gift. The question is, are you willing to open it and receive it? Will you accept it? Will you unwrap it? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, God, we have a great opportunity that we're reminded of during this Christmas season that You gave us Your Son, Jesus. And He came and He lived and He died and He was buried and He rose again. And Father, we can have peace because He conquered the grave and conquered our sin challenge. We can have peace when we accept that message and live in it. And so Lord, I pray this morning if there's a person in this room who's not accepted Jesus as Savior, I pray they do that today. And if not today, very quickly, soon later, they just seek You and they pursue You. Father, I pray for those in this room that have accepted You as Savior, but we have control issues. We accepted You as Savior, but we forgot we said that we also accept You as Lord, which means we let You be in control, and Lord, we keep trying to be in control. Lord, right now, we want to let go of control. We want to we open up that great gift You have for us, and we let You be the umpire of our lives, Lord, that peace comes. And so, Father, whatever it is we carry this today, whatever burden or challenge or worry that's on our mind, Lord, we want to hand it to You right now. We want to give it to You. Help us not to take it back. We want to give it to You and we seek the peace that comes as we pray and hand over to You our worries and our concerns. Father, we come and we celebrate in communion every week and we remember the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus and it reminds us that we can have peace, God, because of what You've done. And so, Lord, today we partake and we say thank you for the opportunities we have to have peace through, through Jesus and God through your sacrificial gift of your Son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.